I tried to save the Shire, and it has been saved, but not for me. Welcome to Podcast of the Rings, the only place where you get a podcast that's about Lord of the Rings by two people that love to talk about everything else but Lord of the Rings. I'm Jessica Lanverti, and I'm joined, oh, as always... Put that on a t-shirt right there. Wait, what? What did I say? That was that was a great intro. <laughs> What's I think we found like our go-to <laughs> intro right there. Sometimes I'm on it, Ben, and then sometimes, like it, it, and I, you know, I'm not on it. And then sometimes if I just, I actually can't get a full sentence out in real life unless I'm doing improv and like in a flow. It's a it's very weird All thing. Right. We gotta, you're going to listen to this back and you're going to write down what you just said. Okay. And right. then like, that's the intro. Was it the thing about the two people who love to talk about everything else but Lord of the Rings? Is yeah, that, okay. that was great. Wonderful. I'll rebrand everything. That's Ben Goddard, folks. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> How was your weekend? I got torched by the sun. Did you? Where did you go? Uh, I went to the beach, and I forgot that that beach sun is <laughs> different. Like, I live in L.A., yeah, and so you think you're used to the sun, but mm-hmm. man, something about being close to the ocean, maybe like there's le- less of a barrier between you and the sun, that thing fries you. Oh, no, the sun's like, I missed you, Ben. Let me give yeah. you a warm hug. No, you, one year, I don't know why, but I was like, I went to a private school with a couple of, you know, rich girls who loved using me for my brain and pretended to be my friend. And like uh, we went to a a tanning salon. I burned in the tanning salon because no one told me how to do a tanning salon. I just like laid there and anyway, I ended up burning my midsection. And the next week, I think we went to Carpentria, which if you haven't been to Carpentria, but you're a California native, I personally believe it's one of the best beaches out there. Okay. It it stays shallow for a long time. For some reason, it's, I don't know, just, excuse me, like really, really lovely beach. I went out there and compacted or compounded the burn and I turned purple in that section. Oh my gosh. Like it could have been... A, a second or third, you know, second degree burn or first degree burn. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Um, but funnily enough, last weekend I was on the Atlantic side and at the beach and didn't burn. Oh, okay. Now I think it's because I use physical sunblock now instead of. Uh, I'm I'm very protective of my skin because are you like an olive tanner normally? Is that why it's like yeah, I, like growing up playing like water polo and swimming and like lifeguarding and stuff like that. I tan pretty well, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely like have started wearing like more sunscreen lately because you know just like wrinkles are starting to show up. Probably oh yeah, at least like facial sunscreen for sure. It's it's a it's a game changer. Even if it just helps you stay, even if it's a, a placebo, which it's not. It's better for you. Um, but yeah, I used physical sunblock rather than the chemical sunblock because I think it does a better job for me. It stays on longer. Um, and I don't think my skin really likes a chemical sunblock. Wait, do sunblock. you mean physical sunblock? Like, like a hat? Uh-uh. Or Yeah. Um, well, yeah, different. a hat will stay on longer than a sunblock. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless you go in that ocean, though, baby. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought like it was like a like a brand or something like that. No, that's and then great. I was like, no, she's talking about a hat, and then nope, you went I'm back not. to like, no, it'll stay. It'll it's more effective. It stays on longer. Like, 
Yes, it to does. To be fair, I had to have it explained to me, so it's not fair that I was not explaining it and assuming you understood. So it's actually mineral sunblock or physical sunblock. Do you remember the like movies where the lifeguard has that white thing on, yeah, their, on their nose? Yeah, on their nose. That's zinc oxide. Okay. That's a physical sunblock. Got it. That is a physical mineral sunblock. Now, the other sunblocks, like, you know, Banana Boat or whatever that goes on, creamy and then, like, soaks right into your skin, that's a chemical sunblock. So a lot of people don't like using physical sunblock. However, it's now recommended that you should use the the physical sunblock, not the chemical sunblock, because that's one of the main attributing factors to the coral reef dying. So it's like, yeah, literally polluting our oceans. Um, I and you for some reason just wanted to show me your cat right now, but you know what? I always want to show you my cat. I feel like your cat is Frodo. Cat is Frodo, and that was <laughs> you know, I won't ding you for transitions because we just got to get to it, but we'll work on them. Uh, well, the problem is they can't see that you just switched your camera to the cat, yes. and and I'm distracted by a cat very easily, and very so I'm true. trying to see does Penguin have. Frodo, yeah, I didn't do enough finesse. Does does Penguin, your cat that loves to live behind your computer, have any Frodo esque qualities? You know what? She is getting more vocal, so I don't know if that's a Sam quality or a Frodo quality. But in the last few weeks, because my cat was borderline mute, like she'll I have know like that. the oh yeah, like she would have you know her very excitable noises, you know, when she had her zoomies, but she never really meowed like ever. Um, unless I was trying to cut her nails, then she was like, meh, meh. Oh, yeah, no. She just has um, every opinion, I'm sure. Uh, but lately, she's been just a, a little chatterbox. Uh, but, you know, maybe that's like Frodo opposite, because I feel like the longer we're with Frodo, the less he talks. And especially post-ring, he's like this solemn, like almost defeated person, or just like he used every ounce of himself to complete this task, and he just has nothing left. Uh, for anyone, which is completely fair, um, we'll get into that. But what what are your thoughts on on Frodo? Because I feel like he is the most overlooked mm-hmm. member of the Fellowship, mm-hmm. even though he has like the task. He is tasked with the Ring, and like literally told by Gladiel, if you don't do this, no one will. We lose. There's no Plan B here. Either you do this, or it will not be done. Like, you can't give the ring away. He tries twice in one movie to do that. Yeah, he Um, does. (coughs) But I feel like everyone just kind of overlooks him. Like, yeah, Frodo's Frodo. Good job. But we love Sam. Pippin has so much growth. Mary has so much growth. In the movies, Aragorn has so much growth. Oh, Boromir, this tragic character. Oh, Gimli's so funny, but so stout of heart and becomes best friends with Legolas, overcoming like their, you know, diversity and their long history of hatred between their two races. And Legolas is just uh, a hottie McHottie who has the most badass action moments. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, yeah, and, and there's Frodo. Like, mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on Frodo? Dang, uh, you're, you're coming in really hot and there's so much to say, I, I'll say, I'll start here. Um, I think it wasn't until rereading the books recently that I truly began to maybe look at Frodo as one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh, and actually just fully respect him because um, he doesn't really have a choice to be a part of this story. 
or not. And he and he said so interesting. Um, you know, remember there's a time where we didn't trust Wikipedia, but now we love Wikipedia. Uh, apparently, Frodo's name comes from Old English, na- the Old English name Froda, which means wise by experience. So he got oh, thrown okay. into it and had to become wise. And you do see him. I think they lucked out, right? They lucked out with the ring going to the exactly right person. That not the people didn't take him for great, like. People didn't undercredit him, but I don't know that anyone thought he could handle it, essentially, except for Gandalf, right? Yeah. Um, but he, in the position that he was in, to have the tool that he had by accident, by proxy, what have you, it could have also just as easily meant the end of the world. But his moral compass is what ends up saving us. And even at the end, his moral compass is his true north, ultimately, that get, that allows him to succeed. So, like, you, you see him make, make mistakes early on, like um, being really judgmental about uh, Gollum, for example. Yeah. And, and Gandalf shuts that down immediately. Basically calls him out and says, nope, you're wrong. Here's why. And Frodo transmutes that, takes it in, and literally becomes a different person because of the input. And Frodo watched all of his members of the Fellowship and transmuted their best qualities into him to make sure he, you know, he, he just, he, oh, I don't know if I'm even doing a good job. You asked too many questions and it's all your fault. So I know. Um, I do this. Well, let me go backward even more so. I think... You know how I've been saying Gandalf is um, Doctor Strange. I actually think Galadriel's now. She's oh, either okay. the old one or or Galadriel. Galadriel sees it all. Gandalf with, with her mirror, yeah. She knows. She knows what's up, right? But she also knows she can't change it. She's not gonna be the one to put the gauntlet on and snap things. You know she. So I don't. Th- I think it's less. I think. Hmm. Is Gandalf Iron Man? We don't need to make direct MCU I'm comparisons just, here. <laughs> I know. I'm having a hard time. So anyway, but no, it's for me. It's just for my edification, ultimately. Frodo gets overlooked, and a good actor gets overlooked in a movie it, or a TV show if they're doing the damn thing. And Elijah Wood is doing Frodo so perfectly that you don't think you're looking at Elijah Wood anymore. You're not overly noticing him. You're, he's just doing his job, and Frodo is just doing his job. And I, that's why it's excellent casting, too. Yeah, it really is. You don't want to see someone trying to do something on stage or on screen. And, and Elijah isn't. And Frodo's just trying to do the right thing at all times, and that's his guiding light. I don't... Oh, oh you... So many things to talk about. Let's... Let's just start over. How can we welcome to Podcast of the Rings, Lord of the Rings podcast, where no one talks about it? I did it again. Perfect. Oh, is that no? That was even better. <laughs> Thank you. Well, what do you think? What where where does he rank in your fellowship rankings? I guess let's go there. Um, he's at the top half for sure. Right. But like he is like he's just I don't know. He's such a like kind of like a conduit for like what this movie is and doesn't get a lot of. Not moments to shine, but he's just 
he is like this like rock. He's just the rock of the fellowship that he just does what he's asked to do. And yeah, like he says, you know, he wants to give up the ring. Like he, you know, he cries and he like he begrud like not begrudgingly, but you know, he sees what is happening. You know, it the movie illustrates it so well where like he looks into the ring and everybody that's arguing like goes up in flames and it's like almost kind of predicting right. the future and like the rings like see like no one can get along even to destroy like this one pure evil that's right in front of them and that's why he's just like I'll, I'll take it I'll take the ring and it, he's just such a selfless character but you know doesn't get the the big speech that Sam does uh doesn't get you know crown king or anything like that and I do love like kind of what happens and I, I'm like I, I wrote this down in my notes where every March 13th after he returns to the Shire every March 13th and October 6th he'd become violently ill and March 16th was the day he got stung 13. by Shelob and October uh, six. Uh, 6th was the Witch King and so wow. he bears these permanent scars that kind of no one else does like everyone else gets to you know become king and get to explore the glittering caves and fangorn forest and gets married to rosie cotton and gets to be you know lord of the shire and uh, on the king's council and frodo's just kind of like made the ultimate sacrifice for the entire world and do people know his name does does his name go down in history as the one that destroyed the ring? Like they, I don't know if they ever talk about that. Like if, like you know, I, I know like Aragorn probably knows. Like was it written in Minas Tirith lore, like that? Well, I mean that's getting into a whole different territory, which I enjoy. This is I I can't be the only person that feels this way, but um, I like thinking of this age that we're in currently as the actual fifth age and mm -hmm. and this is the not the bible of that era but this is the story and the history of our world and so Frodo does get to be known and he even says that like we're parts of the stories of the elves that we've read the stories of um so I do think but but that's I think that's the part of a grander point though Ben he doesn't do this for that. No. He, and, and granted, like, Aragorn's not doing this so he can be king. He does want to save the world for all yeah. intents and purposes. And he gets to be king after, you know, he, he's not going, I'm the rightful heir, I'm Boromir, blah, 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 blah. But Frodo's the reluctant hero. Yep. He, the, this gets thrust on him. And it's a better allegory for how to live life that you shouldn't do something for the end game. And now, granted, none of these guys did. The all of you know, especially in the book, it's well, it's well written out more so that the hobbits went with Frodo because they were buds, and yep. we're not going to leave you. And because, and also, you can't read that story and not have a couple check-ins with like Mary and Pippin and say, no, man, we are staying. We're not go. We're not leaving. Otherwise it does look weird. Like, why are you making them go with you? And no one made them, but they just, they had their own free will and they chose to go with him. So they didn't know at the end of the day, they were going to be these big figures. And at one point, Sam's sure they're going to die because Frodo, but I think Frodo knew that 
way sooner. I think Sam Frodo, did. like the moment he said, like, I'll do this. I'll do this. I don't think like he keeps it to himself pretty well until like, you know, Return of the King. But he's like, I don't think there's going to be a return journey. Like uh -uh. this was a one way trip for him at the very like he hoped everyone else would make it. But he always kind of knew for himself that this was going to be a one way. Well, and that's just it. He had to, in his mind, go to Mordor or get rid of the ring or whatever, however that was going to happen, so that the Fellowship can live, so that the world can live. Mm -hmm. um, would Could you make that sacrifice? You know, everyone would like to say that they could, but, I mean... If there was, you know, the world is so many shades of gray and the system is so set up against, like, good things happening right now. But, like, if there was, like, a button I could push at Elon Musk's ex-headquarters or something like that. Ex-headquarters? Die. And everyone would get health care and free education and hunger would be ended. Because it seems like that's what happens in Middle-earth. Like, the, that Middle-earth becomes a border borderline utopia after Sauron is defeated but there is not like one evil in this world that you can defeat and everything would go back but I think I would like especially now with you know war in Ukraine like everything just like just maybe like the world isn't falling apart but we just have like the access to that information where totally. earlier generations didn't they got their news at five o'clock and that was it and then they went to sleep <laughs> yeah and then after 9 11 we got the 24-hour news cycle and the the ticker at the bottom updating us on every terrible thing that was happening um but like just like the access of instantaneous information where something is unfolding and you don't know the facts and you're drawing your own conclusions and so are the professional journalists that are talking live on television and so like it's hard to change a narrative once it's been out there but in that thing i think i would i'd like to think that i would be like be able to make that just like selfless decision of being able to walk into the worst of all places and destroying this pure evil to make the world a better place. So there is a philosophy touted by Plato, and it refers to the Ring of Gygus, which grants the bearer, funnily enough, uh, the power of invisibility. And mm. its uh, philosophical debate is whether a good moral person with no fear of being caught or judgment would do the right thing or not. So well, I believe an example is um, Plato says, if you had the, or, you know, turn, uh, I guess like um, a farm hand is watching his master's wife be beaten by the, the husband. The guy's rich, doesn't pay them well. And, mm -hmm. you know, yada, yada. And the farm hands asked, what would you do with the ring? Oh, well. I would uh, free the woman from the man and I would take his money and give it to the poor farmhands and people. And Plato goes, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> You'd kill the king, steal the wife for your own, steal the money and, you know, basically go live. Become out the your, king. Become the king and use yeah. it to. So and I, I didn't come to this realization alone. I actually did it on a, another podcast that I was on. You don't know, Nick genius guy uh dr chris we worked this out that like frodo is the only one who could put on that invisible ring 
And without fear of judgment, he would still do the right thing. Yeah. Not everyone's Frodo. And we like to think we were, but in reality, you'd be like, well, crap, no one could see me. And a great example of this is the internet. The anonymity of the internet really allows people to be on their worst behavior. Oh, yeah. God, yes. So, And I'm not suggesting you or me are on our worst behavior on the internet, but I'm telling you, when I, I know I have a bad day when I want to comment on someone's stupid neighborhood post or next door oh, post. Oh, yeah, next you door know, <laughs> You know what I mean? I know I need to stop when I'm like, mm, I don't need to respond to this third post about fireworks. So I, I guess it's he exists as I, I don't know that anyone I don't even know if Sam could have done this job in the same way. It, and that's the thing is that, you know, I said like, oh, like going into like the most evil place um, and like pushing a button. But there's also an evil entity in your pocket telling you, just take me. You'll work for me. Like, you'll become so powerful if you just put me on. I promise. And it's just like he's got like a little devil on his shoulder the entire year long journey. Like he has like a little AI bot in his pocket. Like, yep constantly changing and constantly warping everything around him like making everybody seem to be the bad guy and some are the bad guys but some are the good guys and you can't tell the difference sometimes so it's like there's so many layers to what Frodo does so altruistically and you know you're right like Sam has the ring for a little bit and I don't like in the movie that he's like borderline tempted by it when he gives it back to him in the the Kirith Ungle Tower. Well, I don't, I don't like that, that. But that sounds right. Yeah. Like there's just like a moment where like, you know, he frees Frodo and then like he gives him the ring and he's like going like back and forth with it. I'm like, no, come on. Sam's yeah. at least that strong where like where he'd give it back. Uh, but just like it it is that's insane to think about that a year of traveling that's the thing like it's one thing of like oh yeah a year just hanging out with this thing like not doing anything okay uh a year go do a you know climb mount kilimanjaro <laughs> like the entire time or like do the mount everest hike uh and take it's gonna take you a year you're gonna get attacked by orcs like try to be throttled in your sleep by an insane crackhead character and like just there's so many obstacles that Frodo overcomes that it's insane of how overlooked he is. Like even like the video that I was watching like the guy, I think that's like it's so weird that everyone agrees that he's overlooked, but then just continues to overlook him. Yeah. And yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. Frodo, Frodo destroyed the ring. That's great. Anyways, did you see Legolas slide down <laughs> the steps of, uh, of Helm's Deep with the shield? <laughs> so cool. And I'm I'm definitely with you like. I was that person and it's like it's it's a thing it's a maturity thing and I don't mean that mm, condescendingly mm-mm, at all mm-mm. but just like the older you get the more appreciative of Frodo that you are cuz he has like the least flashy thankful role especially in the movies where Elijah Wood is just putting in a great performance and you know Sam does get the big speeches and you know, carries them on his back and all these things. And it's just like, oh, come on. Come on, Frodo. You're so close. Why are you fainting right now? It's like, because he has what feels like a one ton weight of evil around his neck. Yeah. And so it's just like, 
it's so easy to overlook Frodo, but the older I get, the more I realize just how much he did. And even though it's literally spelled out for us that if he does not do this, no one else will. It just like gets kind of thrown off. It's like, yeah, 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 we get, yeah, cool. Anyways. I wonder if that's just a greater, uh, I wonder if that's a good example of how we cast off a lot of people that do good in this world. Like, well, at least they're doing it. Like you kind of just take, you do take him for granted. And to your point, it makes sense that, well, and something we've talked about too, and you've brought up before as well, you go from the Hobbit to this intellectual and emotional leap from the Hobbit to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Bilbo is the perfect kids book character who's like, Dang, man, I just want to go home. What's wrong with these guys? Like, yeah. you know, he's not a bad guy by any intents and purpose for any intents and purposes. But for some reason, Frodo's just this the better version of Bilbo even. And it is taking my maturity to read the nuance in Frodo. There is nuance in his decision making. We even see him like Sam ref- uh literally like remarks because i guess the book the book is technically written by bilbo frodo and sam is that correct it's all three of them are are written writing it at certain points i feel like the other two hobbits might have a little input but maybe um, like in the appendices but i don't know about the actual narrative but maybe because i mean like they do separate so i assume i feel like there's got to be some filling in and they take over for a little bit um but i'm not someone can tweet us and remind me if that's correct or not but even Sam at one point is literally watching Frodo, his entire demeanor change when he's having interaction, like with Faramir too. He's like watching, he's having a nuanced conversation with one of the most intelligent men on the, in Middle Earth and holding his own and probably making almost even better decisions than Faramir. Like, but that's so taken for granted, this that hum- he's so humble is what it is. Ultimately. Well, even like in the book, you know, th- like they sh- they show the elves in um in the movie, like in the extended cut, but like in the book, like they hang out with them for a while. Like the elves are what chases off the the first black rider they see, right? And then they spend like a night or two with them. Yes. And like I can't remember the character, the elf character's name that he's talking to, but like the chief elf that is it's like Glorfindel, know, I think. Is that right? Is it Glorfindel? I think so. Is it Glorfindel right then? That's a huge, it's a huge character. Hold on. I'll double check. But, but just like he does like converse with this elf and he's just like, you're really smart and you know, Elvish and like, Oh no, it's not Glorfindel. Uh, and just like the way he, you know, it's like kind of like a movie moment where a character knows like Spanish, but like he doesn't let it, let the other people know that he knows Spanish, but he hears everything that's going on. Like one of the, this it's such a, a B level action movie, but I love it so much is the 13th warrior. And it's based on the Michael Crichton book eaters of the dead. Um, and the book is very different from the movie, but Antonio Banderas stars in the movie and it's a bunch of Norsemen and he plays a middle Eastern man who gets tasked of like the de- defending like this village from the, these like evil creatures. It's a very Beowulf type story. Ah. Um, and, uh, there's a, a really great scene cause they're all speaking Norse and he doesn't understand them. And it's a really great scene. It's like, it's shot so well, uh, of just like him listening to uh, like them talking to each other. 
and then it like fades away and then it fades back and he's still listening and then like every once in a while he'll the and six or seven horses in like english but you know it's like his so it's just like this montage of him learning the language and it's such a great wow. representation of that um but i i do love like those scenes and like the scene plays out so well in the book so frodo is like so intelligent it's it's <sighs> Great. I, I think love it's an emotional. Frodo. It's an emotional intelligence too. Yeah. Um, so it's Gildor. And uh Gildor and Glorian is the first person is the first elf he meets at the edge of the ah, Shire. Okay. Um and that's where he's named Friend of Elf. Now, I think this is also because Bilbo has been telling him about his adventures for years. But also Bilbo took him under his his wing to begin with because he was not a typical baggins. He yep. just wasn't. So he he knows when to to speak. He knows when not to. I don't know. I just wonder how much this it's like a nature versus nurture conversation. Like how much was he just born with this ability? Like is it destiny? I don't know, man. There's something really special about him. However, I can see this person existing in real life, but not everyone can be that person. Is he a Mary Sue? <laughs> Oh uh, yes, it's um yeah he gets these powers out of nowhere, man. Right, like he how did he train? Where's his let's training? Get, let's where, get Max Landis on the phone. Let's yeah. Uh, get his where, where was Frodo's training of how to deal with the ring? Like you know what it was? was? It was the ten, it was the ten years that Gandalf was gone. Seventeen <laughs> was it? Seventeen? Yeah. Jesus, I didn't realize that Frodo and Bilbo have the same birthday. They're uh, born they on the same day. And so Frodo's coming of age day at 33 was Bilbo's 111th birthday when he disappeared. When they left, yeah. And so it was 17 years. So Frodo, uh, you know, luckily he was going through his midlife crisis at 50. And he was like, you know what? I need to take the ring because uh, can I take a Corvette to get to take the ring to Mount Doom? Like, Is that possible? I think Aragorn is the Corvette. You know what I mean? I think so, too. I feel like that's All right. Too. Let's that's assign. All right. So. So Aragorn is a Corvette. I oh, think. No, you don't want to do this for Marvel. You're going to do it with cars. Yes. Okay. Uh, Legolas is definitely like a Lamborghini. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, Gimli. No, is... he's a Jaguar. No, he's a ja I think no. he's sleeker than that. Yeah, I think he's he sleeker is. and more like he's oh. rarer than that. What? Because because Gandalf is definitely a Buick. Not a Buick. A, um, a... You don't put a. I was gonna say a Volkswagen. Sticker. No, no, you don't put a bumper sticker on a, a Ferrari. A, no, no. My mother said this when I wanted a tattoo. You don't put a bumper sticker on a B. You don't put it. What's a Rolls Royce on a Rolls Royce? You don't put a bumper sticker on a Rolls Royce. Okay. Oh, oh no. Uh, I was just yeah, an older Rolls Royce though. Gandalf is like a, a classic mm. Cadillac. Rolls -Royce. Cadillac. He's like an no. old Cadillac. Come on, was, those Cadillacs I were so great. But, like, anytime I think of Cadillac, I think of, like, the 70s, like, those old, like, sure. boat Cadillacs and everything. Sure. Um, oh, hold on. Boromir is 100% like a 69 Mustang or something yes. like that. He is an old, like, classic American sports Ford, car yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so hold on. Let's get this right. So, Aragorn's a Corvette. <laughs> is that true? Are we sticking with Corvette? No. He's, he's like a muscle car, man, or something. I think Aragorn is like he's like Optimus Prime. He's like a, like this crazy good looking like eighteen wheeler. You think so? he's so much more roguish than an eighteen wheeler though? He's like literally. Oh, you know what? He's a Hummer. 
<laughs> still too present and available. He's a Hummer. No, uh, Gimli's a Hummer. Yeah, Gimli's like an original Hummer for sure. I was going to say like uh, Gimli is like one of those dune buggies, just like the little ones just like crashing he's, he's the Volkswagen bug too, because like those things will keep on going forever. True. Okay. Uh, Pippin, uh, Mary and Pippin. What are, I, I was thinking like a Fiat or like a Mini Cooper or oh something. Oh my God, one million percent. Yeah. One and million. then Sam, Sam, I don't want to say like this in a mean way, but I feel like Sam is like a Toyota or something yep. like that. He's just like... You can have him for 30 years he's a and Corolla he runs. for sure. Yeah. Like he's just a, a Toyota, like he's like a Toyota Camry, Toyota Corolla. You've had it uh, since 97, but it's still kicking. Just still runs perfectly. You've got the tape deck that's got the, you know, the iPod converter on it. I totaled two of those cars and I should know they're great and they saved my life. So <laughs> I love it. He said literally a Toyota Corolla saved my life. So I think that's right. What's Arwen though? Mm. Arwen is she a Corvette? A G wagon. She's like those G wagon, like those Mercedes G wagon, or like a Range Rover, like a really nice Range Rover. Oh my god, she's one hundred percent all utility, but like she's Mm. like a class, like Land Rover or Range Rover, one hundred percent. Yeah, Arwen is like oh, she's a Jetta. Is that too basic for Arwen? It's a little too basic for Arwen. Um. I don't know. I understand like where you're going with the yeah. Jetta for sure. I totally I'm I'm there with you, but I want to find something nicer for Eowyn <laughs> because she does slay the witch she king. She could be an Audi, which is just I think I like Audis, it. I like you know it. She's I mean? an Audi. She's an Audi. She yeah. could be an electric Audi, which is all part of their new fleet, and we're not sponsored by them at all. Yeah, yeah, we're not. We're not. Uh, we're, we're not Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're not, not. We're not Iron Man. No. And then did we miss anybody? El, well, you have Elrond, who you could do. You can. We haven't done Galadriel, or did we? We didn't. We do didn't Galadriel. do Galadriel. Elrond is like a Maybach, like What's super that? rare. It's like the like maybe Galad. Actually, Galadriel is like a Maybach. Look up what a Maybach is. I'm gonna have to. It's like this gorgeous, super rare car. Last time I checked, there's like maybe ten or fifteen in the world, I've or something like that. I've never heard of them before. Jeez. Oh, I don't know if I like the look of the new one. No, I, I, they're just, you rarely ever do, honestly. I'm not super into cars, but, um, That's so interesting. Galadriel's a Maybach. What and, and Elrond is a Jaguar. You know what Aragorn is? He's a Hellcat. Look up what a Hellcat is. Like, they, I think they stopped making them. Okay. We, is that what they are? They look like the Dodge Chargers, kind of. They're close. They're close. But they're, like, much more expensive. What's Faramir? Uh, Faramir, Faramir is like an F, like a, a Toyota Tundra. Uh huh. Oh, like, a, he's a, a Ford. Truck? He's like a Ford. Um, uh, no Ford. What were the ones that I wanted forever? F one fifty. No, no, they were like a, they were like a SUV type, not like. A not Ranger. A super, yeah, Ford Ranger. See, I was thinking like he's still a truck, but he's like environmentally conscious, like Toyota is. No, not like that. I'm sorry, not a Ford Ranger. Ford. Ford Explorer? Nope. Ford Fusion? No, it was like a 98 car. I wanted it forever. Oh, my God. So I know. I know. I, wa- I wanted a forest green Ford, and they used to topple over. Are you talking about a Jeep Wrangler? No, but I- someone's a Jeep. Who? No. Aragorn's a Jeep, or he's a Volkswagen. I think you're right. Like, these... 
classic cars that are that, that just get it done. Maybe that's Gimli. I think Gimli is like mm. a Jeep four by four. That's like more accurate. That Jurassic Park uh, Jeep four by four, like short, stout, but super dependable, but will topple over if they go. Ford too Explorer. <laughs> you're right. It was a Ford Explorer. I'm confused because they still have Ford Explorers, but I'm talking like 1998. You're giving him a 1990. I, I'm looking up the picture of a 1998 Ford Explorer. It is I not great. Loved them so <laughs> much. Who's the Xterra though? Xterra. Who's an Xterra? Like a Toyota Xterra? Is that right? Someone's got to be an Xterra. Oh, um, that can be a Hal Deer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have Elrond as the Jaguar. We have Gladriel as the Maybach. You said, yes. Right? Like, um, <sighs> Boromir is definitely like a muscle car from Greece or something. Um, Frodo, did we get Frodo? Did we do Frodo? We haven't done Frodo. Like, what is That's the Frodo? The whole point of this, it needs to be the most reliable and un in inconspicuous car. He like is a, a Honda, Honda Civic. Civic. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Because okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, say like, fit, that's though, so cause... perfect, Frodo. Could, because exactly what Gandalf says, like you can know everything about a Honda Civic in a week, but after a hundred years, you could soup it up. You could change engines. You could put a spoiler on it. You could put lights on it. You could do whatever you want with a Honda Civic, and they will completely surprise you. Yes, holy. Crap, I don't know that there's anything more we could talk about in this episode. That was great. I love that we both said Honda Civic <laughs> at the same time. We also have the title of this episode, too, now. Um, yeah, that's... What's what's the pony? Bill's pony. Oh, he's a... Uh, I was going to say Mustang, but we already... But no, gave. we have a Mustang. We have a Mustang. He's a Bronco. He's a white Bronco. <laughs> oh, no! 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 <laughs> hey, OJ cursed. chose that car for a reason. Cursed. It's cursed. No, I was going to say like a little moped. Like, vroom, vroom. <laughs> oh, he's a, what is that, a little Vespa. Something Or something that someone takes on the freeway illegally, but like still can get it done. <laughs> oh, he's a little, yeah, I, I think Bill could be like a little dirt bike. Yeah, he's a little dirt bike. Yeah. Well, or or like, a, like a motorcycle you take on a, on a cross-country road, road trip or something like that. Oh, gosh, yeah. I like, think I, I think we're I think we're like coming into our own right now. If you said we had like some, I I, I see some of those really good podcasts out there. They have like bits or like classic stuff. What would you say like makes us us so far? We do go on like pretty great tangents. I feel like like we we have good discussions about what the subject of the pod is. Yeah. By the way, I I, don't I know, know you why do. I, said that. I, I, I you hate, hate it because you it. said it because you hate it. I know. And sometimes you just try it. Just to see, and even when I text it to you, I'm like, I shouldn't have texted that to him. Oh, it's so, uh, it's, I don't know. I don't know why I hate it because I understand if you say podcast a thousand times, like I get like shorting it to, to pod because cast is like an actual word. And so, I mean, pod is too, but it's just, I literally just call Gandalf so... Gandy. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. Alex and I are talking, I call blueberry bloobs. Like that's done. That's great. I do like that a lot. <laughs> bloobs is cute. I like that. I like or bloobs. like whenever we were doing something like, oh, do you have any Emmys for emeralds? Like you, sometimes you just, you shorten it, but pod, it insinuates to something totally different than in podcast. Like yeah, I don't, I, I don't like it. But to go over some facts real quick, uh, 
Frodo was born in 2968 of the Third Age to Drogo uh, Baggins and Primula Brandybuck. Mm-hmm. They both died when Frodo was 12 in a mysterious and suspicious boating accident. No, was it really? Mysterious? It was. Under what? Why is it mysterious? I don't know. There's no real like cause of death. They First of all, it. have we ever heard of a hobbit ever being on a boat? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Gollum's on a boat or Smeagol's on a boat when they're fishing. Oh, I guess so. That's right. Yeah, they mysterious. go on. They go on lakes. Mysterious. I guess there's a fan theory, and I, uh, I hate it. Uh, but that Gollum killed uh, Frodo's parents because he was looking for Bagginses and he found them. But I don't. But he wasn't don't out. He wasn't out at that point. Like, well, he wasn't out and about, was he? I don't know, but I don't know why he would kill Frodo's parents, but then leave the Shire. Like, no, that's exactly right. If he's yeah. on a warpath, he's yeah. burning down Bagginses to get to Bagginses. Yeah, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have skipped town. He would have been following him. This. What if? No. Okay. No. Wait. I was gonna say what if Gollum's following them the whole time. That's not happening. No. Anyway. Okay. So they die under mysterious, totally normal instances. Yeah. And then he is, he's raised by his actual uncle uh, for like 10 years or so, who's like the mayor of uh, the Shire. And then Bilbo, who's like not his uncle, but like his his cousin cousin? or something like that, uh, takes him in and becomes basically his father. And they have the same birthday. And you, like you said, he takes him in because he sees like, his brandy buck and took side in him. Uh, and he sees that he's very much like himself. Like he wants to go on adventures. He is a little, he's a little scamp when he's younger. Uh, he's uh, stealing a uh, farmer maggots crops. Um, it wasn't just Pippin and Mary. That's revisionist history. Frodo got caught and is very afraid of farmer maggots, three dogs. Well, that's why farmer maggot gives Frodo the mushroom. Yeah. That's not, it's not, not, he doesn't give Mary and Pippin the mushrooms. He gives it to him. He's like, isn't it Farmer Maggot gives him the mushrooms? I believe so, yeah. Um, well, and I think, I wonder who's done, you know, think pieces on this. But it is interesting that both Bilbo and Frodo don't mate and have kids. I know Frodo can't just based off of like, he just came to age and got burdened with something, even though he was like waiting for Gandalf for a long time. But Bilbo's like, nah, everything I've seen, I don't need kids, you know? Yeah, I think Bilbo's like, he's a bachelor, not in the sense of like he wants to uh, date a lot of women, but just like he he didn't, he thought he was going to go on more adventures. He thought he was, he just like didn't want to be tied down. Well, and he did, right? I think they just don't, uh, they don't like elaborate on them, but occasionally like he would go out with Gandalf and, like go back and forth, didn't he? Or I, feel I don't like he know. Went on like I, little honestly, day trips and stuff. Yeah, we go out of town for a little bit. A little staycations, you know. That's what I'm saying. Um, but that is interesting too, because because Frodo is basically the heir and like the next of kin to Bilbo, and everyone thought Bilbo was weird. They really did, but. So here's the thing. When we get to Sam, this is what I really would rather debate and rather than go, oh, Sam's, you know, the the, the bad guy. And it's, it's hyperbole. But Sam was forced to go by Gandalf with Frodo because Sam was Frodo's subservient. And he was is. It, was that in the book, too? Or yeah. is that like, okay. He, 
Sam's listening. Sam's protective of Frodo. Sam probably cares for Frodo. I don't think Frodo lords over Sam that much that I am the master. But that wording is... Uh, it's reiterated throughout the book, master, master, master. And, you know, Sam, I'm, I'm the one in charge. So I'm saying that, you know, cause Sam's not the great decision maker. And yeah. Sam's very emotional. Um, so you do need someone to take charge, but because Sam is under in the cast below Frodo, he's, there's a power dynamic there. And so I just question Sam's motives ultimately like, and it's and Sam's I don't know it's just it's the the whole servant master thing throws a relationship out of whack for me a little bit is all. But like, how much do they go into that? Because I, I I really it's don't a remember. huge factor of their relationship. He's he's the you know who's his what does Sam say his uncle is or his dad the gaffer mm-hmm. the gaffer works for Bilbo and Sam works for the gaffer, and so okay. he's. Literally trimming the hedges for Frodo when Gandalf's like, let's go, you're going to go. And now he's like, thrust, the, this responsibility is thrust on him. I don't know, it's just interesting to, to, to not completely absolve that part of the relationship. They weren't friends. They just weren't friends. They were friends. I question that. <laughs> you could be, okay, he's also like his gardener. I think they he's become, not like that's his... what I'm saying. I think they become friends. I think they were friends beforehand. I don't think so, but I'm, I might be wrong. Again, anyway, what, if anything, is there left I to will say not about have this Sam slander on the it's timeline? It's not Sam slander. It's just using all of the available information and extrapolating from there. That's all. I'm asking a question. I'm asking the questions that people are afraid to ask. You're, you're not. <laughs> so. We have a little bit of history. Anything more about our dude that we need to know? There's really not much because, like, I, I went through, like, his whole upbringing and there wasn't much. Um, and then, like, the, the story starts, like, when Bilbo disappears on their on their birthdays and then they go through the entire Lord of the Rings saga. And um, that's kind of it. He left on the September 21st, uh, taking Arwen's place on the boat to the west. And he was mayor of the Shire for a little bit, but that was just because the actual mayor of the Shire was recovering after the scoring of the Shire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that he just kind of expended all of his life's energy into this quest and just had nothing left. And I hope he found happiness and peace in the West, uh, in the Undying Lands. And that sounds just like a lovely place to go. But it sounded like more than anyone honestly it felt like he in the movie it's like oh like Frodo gets his happy ending and in the books it felt like he really needed it because he was just like constantly suffering oh he was done he he was fully depleted he this world didn't have anything for him that's the quote we opened on you know yeah um he he's he might as well have died at the mountain yeah, because Middle he Earth really was did. dead. Like his Middle Earth life, like his mortal life was basically over. Well, and I think I said this before too, just to kind of uh, make sure I say it for this episode. I really think, um, what is it when you're not the foils, but like they're si- like similes, like Aragorn and Frodo are kind of the same person, I mm-hmm. think. Just, and because they, they suffer in different ways, 
and and but Frodo for some reason is just able to make deft decisions and and even it has a stronger will than Aragorn but yeah you're right like at the same time I think what he did everyone took for granted after because because they were live they were alive and that's just that yeah. you don't want to constantly go thank you so much for this opportunity to live if you if you're if you've done something to sacrifice so that someone's life can be better, the last thing you want is for them to live in your debt. Yeah. And I don't think Frodo ever wanted that from anybody either to like be constantly thanked. Like, And he didn't ask for that. No. But as a, by proxy, this, in, this weight that he went through, um, it was his own burden that no one else could understand. He, he could no longer relate to anybody. No. Because of that. And even Sam sort of understood what he went through. He, yeah, Sam was probably the closest one, but even he wasn't you know, getting Sam, the like, mental burden in the same way. Yeah, like he 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 bore the same like journey as Frodo, but you know when when it was over for Sam, it was over. Yeah, he was very grateful and he loved uh, he loved Mister Frodo, but he was ready to go home and he got married and had a bunch of kids and you know lived a full life and that was great, but it just wasn't in the cards for Frodo. Like he literally had just nothing left when he came home, and it's really. It's very tragic, but it was for the right thing. And so it's just like, what can you say? That person gives up like the ultimate sacrifice for the rest of the world. Like, how do you thank someone like that? Like, you can't. You can't. You, do, you thank them by moving on and living. Yeah. And that's why there wasn't anything more for him. So what? how do we properly uh, send this episode off so that we fully... Uh, appreciate Frodo and everything he did. Just like the the next time you watch, you know, the trilogy cuz you know, everyone rewatches this these I movies really like a million times and if you reread the books it's even better. But next time like truly understand like the the sacrifices Frodo makes for the greater good. And you know, we use that term all the time and I feel like we kind of just throw it around, but it it really is like such a beautiful thing to realize as you get older. And as you view something like through different lenses, as you grow and experience life in different ways of everything Frodo gave for this cause that, you know, it's it's like that meme where it's like, oh, man, I need to make more money. And then as soon as your boss like, oh, do you want to get cut early? Absolutely. Get me mm -hmm, out of here. Like mm -hmm. Frodo literally did that. He had a chance like he was like, OK, I'll get the ring to Rivendell and then older and smarter and bigger people will figure it out. And he got tasked with, oh, no, you're going to go all the way. And he volunteered to do that. He volunteered to do it. And then when he thought, like, okay, maybe I can give it to Gladriel, like the most powerful being left on this planet. Like, nope, this is all you, buddy. And if you don't do it, it's not that it's all you. It's that if you don't do it, we're all going to die. The whole world will succumb to darkness if you do not figure out a way to do this. Wild. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wild. Like if I don't know, I can't even think of who if like Malala or Neil deGrasse Tyson were in a room and Malala came up to me and was like, uh, if you don't do this, uh, the world is going to die. Uh, just letting you know, uh, I've won every Nobel Prize you could ever think of, and I'm a genius and a humanitarian, and um, yeah. You're, the, you're our only hope, Obi-Wan. Yeah, and so it's just like, oh, great, <laughs> no pressure. And then your life isn't yours anymore. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really wonderful way to to offer to our listeners, just 
go through the movie, go through the book, and just try and bear it all through Frodo's eyes. Mm. And I truly mean this. I think you'll learn how to be a more empathetic, moral-driven person by reading it. And really, it's ultimately a testament to Tolkien to write someone so beautifully that the, the lessons that Frodo goes through still apply today and how to deal with hardships and others. It's a, a really beautiful, uh, it, that, that speaks to the timelessness of these stories, I think. It does. And, it's, and it speaks to the timelessness is that the more you do watch it, you get different perspectives on it. I hope I live long enough to finally understand the perspective of Denethor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, yeah. The, next week, join us for Denethor. Um, oh, we no, already did it. And next know, week, we, we had Grima Wormtongue. <laughs> <laughs> Bill the Pony. Um, what do, who do you, who do you want to do next week? Did you choose Frodo? Is it, I feel is it... like I might have chosen Frodo. because Oh, no, I did Gandhi, right? I you did Gandhi. Gandhi and I did Frodo. So this next week, I think it's time for Eowyn. Okay. I think it's Eowyn time, baby. And we'll throw in Theoden and Eomer in there, too. I think that's right. Um, yeah. I think that's the family-esque thing. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this in real time, we won't have an episode next week, but we will have an episode the following week because I'll be in Vegas for Star Trek Las Vegas. If you're going, holler at your boy. Let me know. Um, th- I actually feel like there's a huge Star Trek Lord of the Rings crossover. It's, and as like highlighted by literally Leonard Nimoy doing a video, Bilbo, Bilbo Beggins. Have you ever seen that video? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, your life's about to change. Um, when you look that up, it's he is he's nerding out so hard on Bilbo Baggins and is dressed up as a hobbit, but it, he just looks like Spock because they're pointy ears. It's oh, I love it. It's incredible. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing that. And as uh, Ben and I have said before, when it turns into September and the fall, um, we'll be hitting that Patreon hard. So get in early while you can. You can go to patreon.com forward slash pod of the rings. And just by signing up right now, you'll be helping us continue the show. And then there'll be more benefits down the pipe. Um, Ben, anything you're working on that you'd like our friends to know about? Nope. Go sign up for the Patreon. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Um, All right, Ben, Thank you for your beautiful insights and being able to talk about this and many other things. No, this was this was one of my favorites so far because like it is I was definitely one of those people that like pushed Frodo down the road. I was like, yeah, good job, buddy. Anyways, let's. let's, uh, But it it was a really great revisiting of someone that truly gets overlooked. And it's a crazy thing to say that the guy that got the job done is the one that's overlooked. But it's it was a really fun time to talk about this. And I think that's just life. And that is why it's nice to kind of spend time on. Um, and I think the same thing is true for Elijah. I think we just take it for granted how good he was in that. Yes, too. absolutely. Truly. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then, until next time, Ben, when we're t- coming back to talk about Eowyn. May our paths cross again. Yo. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, okay.